Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. Tonight I'm going to talk about the persistent decision. The persistent decision. We did five decisions in the month of October, and I told you on the, these two next two Wednesday nights, I was going to do the last two just so I could bless you with them, if that's the phrase I need to use. But I, I, want, to, I want to use this phrase tonight. I will persist without exception. Everybody say, I will persist without exception. I won't be lengthy tonight. I want to read a text. Jesus steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Pete tried to turn him around. He said, get behind me, Satan. He called one of his own, Satan. Because when you make up your mind what you're going to do and you have a persistent mindset, there is nothing going to turn your life around. Come on. We're headed for a city. We're headed for a city. God bless you. You may be seated. You're awesome people. I, uh, I heard about a, a dad that got on his son one day because his son was flunking zoology in college. And he said, son, he was hovering at a D and he said, son, the finals are coming. If you don't pass that course, I'm going to make you sign up and go to the Marines. His son said, okay, dad. I'll, I'll. So he crammed all night long for that test. He got to the class the next day and the professor was a wily old professor and he had a he had a pole like this and a, and a and a cross pole like this and he had 10 birds on that pole and had sacks over their heads and the and the question was identify these birds by just their legs and that young man that young man was mad as a hornet he jumped up he said this is a dumb class you sir are a dumb professor and this is a dumb test And the professor said, who are you, son? Tell me who you are. He said, you guess, sir, you guess. (laughs) Persistence is an awesome word. Nothing in this world can take the place of it. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. President Calvin Coolidge. I believe you'll agree with me that this is one election season that all of us will be happy to see come to an end. Can I get a witness on that? Never heard such mudslinging in my life. My mom always taught me when you sling mud, you're losing ground. One of the candidates for president, I won't say which one because I'm not here campaigning, was campaigning in West Virginia. Some of the coal miners were not real happy about it when the candidate asked for their vote. Vote for you, one of them jeered. Why, I'd sooner vote for the devil. Fair enough, called out the candidate. But in the event that your friend doesn't run, may I have your support? (laughs) That's one candidate that wasn't put off by a little opposition. The mark of a successful person is that he or she doesn't give up, 
just because things are not going their way in life. One man that never gave up was Thomas Edison. Edison's wife died while he was a very young man, and two years later he remarried. And during the time he was single, he became accustomed to go into his lab all hours of the night and day, and it became a habit for him. And thus he asked his bride on their wedding night if she would mind if he went over to the lab for a little while. No, she answered, that'd be all right. And hours later, one of Edison's assistants drove by the lab and saw lights, and immediately he suspected burglars was in Mr. Edison's lab. Imagine his surprise when he discovered that Thomas Edison was at work. He said, Mr. Edison, this is your wedding night, for crying out loud, sir. What are you doing here? And the inventor looked puzzled. He said, oh, yes. And he calmly left the laboratory. Don't you suspect that there were many other nights for Mrs. Edison, just like the first night, their wedding night. Once Edison began a project, he did not like to quit until that project was finished. Maybe that's why Edison still holds the record for the most patents, 1,093, granted to one individual in life. Jesus evidently appreciated people who refused to quit. He talked about people who refused to quit. He once told a parable. It's in the Bible in Luke chapter 18. He once told a parable about a widow who had a fierce determination for justice. Her determination was so great that she pestered a certain judge until he granted her request. And this was no ordinary judge. Jesus described him as one who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. In the Old West, he might have been described as a hanging judge like Judge Roy Bean. Strong men dreaded appearing in his court and lawyers treaded softly as they approached his bench. But this stern judge was no match for this persistent widow. (laughs) It's almost like the Lord stripped her of everything that she had when he told this. She was a widow. She was not a person of influence, not a person of power, not a person of wealth. But she had a characteristic that would stand her in good stead. And that was that she never, ever gave up. She simply wore that judge down. Like dripping water will eventually wear down the strongest marble. Her her pestering prevailed. That's hard to say. Even though he initially refused her case, he finally ruled in her favor saying to himself, even though I don't fear God and I don't care what people think, yet because this widow kept bothering me, I will see that she gets justice. It's a fascinating story. But here's what's really interesting. Jesus is using it as an illustration of why we should never give up in prayer. Never give up in prayer. It's always too soon to quit, my daddy taught me. You never give up on your faith. You never give up on this thing called life. If your prayer is seemingly not answered at first, don't give up, Jesus says. Keep asking. In fact, Jesus proved that in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was captured by the Roman soldiers and they were taking him away. And they were trying to make him feel like that they had power over him. And Jesus makes this statement in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 53. He said, I can even now pray to the Father. And he will presently send me 12 legion of angels. I could have 72,000 in an army, boys, here right now. But I choose not to. What he was saying was, it don't matter where you are in life. Oh, I feel like preaching right now. It don't matter how big the mountain seems or how wide the river is or how deep the valley is. I promise you, it's never too late to pray. Never, never, 
never. Come on, clap your hands. Prayer still is a life-changing thing to us. Say amen to that. There's a little boy who was praying before he went to bed. He said, now lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Then there was a long pause. He couldn't remember what came next. And his mother prompted him from the doorway. She said, if, if, if. The little boy said, if, if. Then he brightened up and said triumphantly, and if he hollers, let him go. Any, many, mighty, mo." <laughs> you know, you know let, let me just say this right now as a pastor. There's some people say, I don't know how to pray. It don't matter if you don't know how to pray. It doesn't matter if you don't know how. D- did you realize that Joshua, that Joshua said the wrong thing? He said, son, stand still. The sun ain't never moved anywhere. Never has moved. But it doesn't matter how you pray. If you have faith and God sees your heart, he still will answer your prayer. Don't give up on your prayer. Amen. Your success, the five other decisions that we have preached about will rest on the ability and willingness to embrace and master this thing called the persistent decision. Great leaders, achievers are rarely realistic by other people's standards. It is true that many, if not most people quit when exhaustion sets in. But the greatest power ever bestowed on mankind is the power of choice. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, you have to choose life that both you and your seed may live. Listen to me. I want this church to choose life tonight. Look at your neighbor, punch him if you have to and say, I'm choosing life. I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to be victorious. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not going under. I'm going over. I'm not going down. I'm going up. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going to win. I'm not only going to win. I'm going to be triumphant. I will achieve what God has set out for me to do in my life. See, average people compare themselves to other people. That's why they're average. I will compare myself to my potential because I am not average. And there's nobody average in this house. I have a question for you. How long must a child walk before he actually does so? I got a little girl named Ellery. She's pulling up now. She's she's wanting to take that first step. She is so excited when she used to pull herself up. And she's walking right now. She's walking in her mind, but she just don't have the courage to do it yet. But she's walking. We've got to have more strength than a child. Some of us, all we do in in church is just pull ourselves up. And we hang on. And then when we have to walk on Monday or Thursday, we say, oh, God, I'm going to fall again. No, you're not. If God gives you the strength to pull yourself up. He's going to give you the strength to keep walking. Come on. Come on. I believe that. Somebody needs to help this preacher tonight. He will give you strength to walk. To achieve the results I desire, it is not necessary that I enjoy the process. It's only important that I continue the process. To persist without exception will require great, great, great faith. Say amen to that. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. We built this church several years ago. We came over here one Sunday and we wrote scriptures all over this floor. 
We wrote scriptures in the wall. I wrote scriptures all over my office. My office is covered with the word. It's covered. We spent a whole hour and a half. A crowd of about 250 people came into this building several years ago, and we started writing. I've never seen so much scribbling in my life. People were writing, my son will be saved. People were writing, God is going to be in this house. People were writing, my wife will be healed of cancer. People were writing all kinds of things. They wrote everything. They wrote scripture. They wrote promises. They wrote prayers. They wrote everything. And then we painted over it. We covered it. And it's in these walls right now. That's why this church, I believe, with, now listen to, that's why I believe this church is a church of preaching. This church loves the word because you're surrounded by the word of God. You're surrounded. You're standing on the word of God. When you worship, you're looking up. There's a ceiling of the word of God above you. God's word is in this house. And we wrote that all over this place. And I wrote that, 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 that scripture in Jeremiah. I wrote that Jeremiah 29 11. I'll show you where it is sometime. I'll point to you right where it is, right where I wrote it. God says, I know the thoughts I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. The false prophets in Babylonia, in, in the Babylonian, told, were telling Israel that they were about to be freed from Babylonian bondage and not to build and not to try to, 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 try to establish. They stayed there 70 years and these prophets kept telling them, Jeremiah was saying, build a house, dig a well, plant a vineyard, have kids and grandkids because God has a plan for you. It's not the will of God for you to keep your life just in, a, in, a, in, in this space, this this this. this abyss out here just always floating and saying well can I make plans can I do this I'm telling you you need to make some plans and those plans need to inquire of God and say God what do you want me to do in my life what a great night to start on a night when the Holy Ghost has invaded Christian Life Church to walk out of here and say you know what I've got some plans God gave me a plan I'm going to put my plan in motion and we're going to move forward and I'm going to be persistent until I see it completed in my life Amen? Too often we doubt our beliefs and we believe our doubts. Negativity can always find a friend. It always can find a friend. In fact, negative can circle earth three times while truth's getting on its boots. But he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Committing to the persistent decision means you accept responsibility. You never stop seeking wisdom. You wake up with joy. You choose to greet each day with a decided spirit, and you just do it. You just do it. There's four things I want to I talk about tonight and teach you tonight about persistence. Number one, persistent people never quit. They never quit. They never quit. They never quit. They never quit. I know, when I say I know, I know him because I've seen him box. I know a famous boxer that was heavyweight champion of the world at one time, not for a long time, but he made it to the top. And when he won the heavyweight championship, he was battered and beaten. And it looked like that he had lost the fight, but he had won the fight. And he told, he told the writers, he said, my dad told me that I would never achieve what my goal was to be the heavyweight champion of the world. But he said, I wish my dad was alive tonight. Because I would like my dad to know, Dad, this is the battered face of a winner. I did not quit until I won the prize. Anything that's worth fighting for, anything that's worth going for, anything that's worth winning over is worth having a battle for. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. 
but sometimes we have to go through things. Persistent is a habit and so is quitting. Quitting is murdering your ability. If you persist without exception, you will eventually find a way where there is no way and that's where the miracles occur. You cannot ever be a quitter and win. Persistence opens doors and there is only a big reward for, for things that are tough to do. While reason can only go so far, faith has no limits. And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. I've I've told you folks many times that I live by eight words. Everybody say, I am am. somebody. Somebody. I believe believe. I'm here on purpose. I can do all things through Christ. And I will make it happen in my life. Some of you can get the I am, you can get the I believe, and you can get the I can, but you got to get the I will. When Jesus, oh, listen to me now, listen to me. When Jesus was tempted of the devil, the devil put him on the high pinnacle of the temple and said, cast yourself down. For angels will bear bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. I got a question. Why didn't the devil push him off that pinnacle? I'm going to tell you why. He couldn't. And hell cannot put you any place that you don't want to go. Come on now. I don't care how big hell gets. Hell can't push you because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hell can't push you. He couldn't push him. He said, cast yourself down. He said, I ain't going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Because I am the Lord. And you can't push me. Let me tell you something. If you're cast down tonight, if you're in a valley tonight, nobody pushed you there. You got there by yourself. And if you got there by yourself, you need to get up and get out. Because the first thing about persistence is that it does not quit. And that's why these Wednesday night Bible studies are so important. You need to come and hear somebody tell you that the secret that has led me, Lewis Pasteur said to my goal, my strength lies solely in my tenacity. I never quit. I never quit. Listen to me. It don't matter how deep you've fallen. I've had, I've had some precious people come to me recently and say, Pastor, we have messed up. We have, we've messed up in our lives. And hey, 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 hey. Can I tell you, a lot of people mess up. A lot of people stumble. A lot of people fall. But hell tells you that you can't get back up. But you listen to me. You need to get up and dust your britches off. Repent of that situation. Come to the house of God. Get yourself ready for communion tonight. And let's go on. Let's go on. Don't let your past become your future. And don't let the past become something that will stop you from growing in God. God wants you to grow. You can get up just as well as you put yourself down. You can get back up. I said you can get back up. All you got to do is have a get up spirit. You just got to get up. You just have to get up. You just have to get up. You just have to get up. You've got to get up. You've got to get up. You've got to get up. It's important that you get up in life. Man, 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 man. Persistent people never quit. The second thing they never do is they never allow fear to paralyze them. Fear does not paralyze persistent people. 
when we allow faith to guide our everyday actions and emotions, or will we allow fear to guide what we do? It's either faith or fear. Many of you have heard it. Fear knocked on the door, faith answered, nobody was there. I love that. Hello. Oh. Nothing is less important in life than the score at halftime. This thing ain't over. The tragedy of life is not what a man loses, but what he almost wins. Listen to me. The emotional energy of faith is uplifting. That's why you feel an uplifting spirit tonight, because faith is in this house. The Holy Ghost has allowed faith in this house. There is no place in the Bible that says fear is from God. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. Andy Andrews in his book said, through the years I've discovered that most often the smartest people are the most susceptible to fear in the first place. Fear is imagination run amok. Fear and worry are interest paid in advance on something that may never come to pass. Persistent people just don't allow fear to paralyze them. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Matthew 6 and 34 said, the word worry, folks, is derived from the Anglo-Saxon term meaning to strangle or to choke off. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew opposite of praise is worry, to wring one's hand in frustration. Now, you listen to me. There's either, there's either worry or worship in your mind. You're either worshiping God or you're worrying. There's no in between. Your life is full of worry. Your life is full of worship. Your life is full of down times. Your life is full of up times. I'm trying to get this church, not just to have a, a brouhaha in the house of God. I'm trying to get you to get up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice. I'm trying to get you to have a little bit of church in your own house. I'm trying to get you to understand that God is not just here. He's there. Oh, yeah, we come as corporate people here to worship, but God is where you are and where this presence is. He will be there. He loves his children individually. And when we all get together, he loves to bless us corporately. But I'm telling you, you can get up in the morning and have yourself a high heel old time in the house, in your own house, because God's spirit is with you. Don't wake up worrying. Wake up worshiping. Wow. There is no reward for fear. It's vain for you to rise early and set up late and eat the bread of sorrow. For so he gives his beloved sleep. I quote that a lot. I say, God, I know you love me. Can I sleep tonight? <laughs> and I wake up the next morning so refreshed. Fear is a poor chisel which to carve out tomorrow. Fear is a door that must be walked through. And yes, you've heard me preach it and you know it by heart. Fear, fear not is in the Bible over 365 times. One for every day of the year. We do not fear when we are persistent people. We have an I am, I believe, I can, and I will spirit in our life. Say amen to that. The third thing that persistent people are, they're God conscious. They're not need oriented. The difference between God-conscious people and need-oriented people is that people are either frying bacon, that kind of mindset, drama mama Bahama, drama daddy, drama mama, 
It is not the will of God to live your life in a soap opera. Let that belong to the television set and not your home. This is not Genoa City. Oh, you know about that, huh? I just want to throw that out tonight. This is not General Hospital. This is not days of our lives. Oh, the bold and the beautiful. This is real life. But where there's real life, there's a real God. There's a real God. There's a real God. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed? I've I've seen enough to know. Have you ever noticed that nobody hardly ever smiles on those shows? Nobody ever has a good thing happen. It's always, oh God. Oh God. Have you ever noticed that? It's just those oh God moments. Sometime in your life, you got to get past need oriented. And oh God, I'm in need, I'm in need, I'm in need. To a God consciousness. Paul said, my God shall supply your need. He said, my God is big enough to not only take care of me, he can take care of you too. I want a God in my life that can take care of everybody in this house. And you need a God in your life that can take care of everybody in your family and everybody on your job. You need to be a God conscious person. You need to wake up every morning and say, the God of heaven is on my team and I'm on his team. And we're going forward in the name of the Lord because I have a God consciousness in my life. Are you getting this tonight? Do you understand? You can't, you can't just be need oriented. You, you got to see the big picture. It's like those aborigines in Australia. You walk up on them, they're dancing. They say, what are you doing? They say, we're dancing for rain. So when are you going to stop? When it rains. Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? They just have shifts. They just work shifts and they just dance till the rain comes. That's neat. That's how we ought to be with God. I'm going to be right here. I'm going to be right here. Hallelujah. We're going to be here Sunday. We're going to be here next Wednesday. We're going to be here next Sunday. I had some people walk in the door tonight. I, I, I got I to gotta brag on some of you folks. I had some people walk in the door tonight. It was so precious. One man walked in with his daughter and he said, Pastor, I get to come every other Wednesday night. And, and he said, Pastor, I, I can't wait till I can come here and you hug me on these Wednesday nights. And I can know that God is with me and God's helping me. Folks, let me tell you something. People need this kind of church. We're not, we're not doing something in left field. We're not doing something in a corner somewhere. This ought to be a shed abroad all over Austin, Texas, that God is moving at Christian Life Church and the power of God. Folks, I am so complimented that you come on Wednesday night. And not only do you come on Wednesday night, this ain't Bible study, folks. This is church tonight. Why don't you clap your hands one more time? Isn't that a good thing? It's church tonight. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. The strongest steel is produced from the hottest fire. And I will bring the third part through the fire and will refine them as silver is refined and try them as gold is tried. And they shall call on my name and I will hear them and I will say, it is my people. And they shall say, the Lord is my God. I want everybody to say, the Lord Lord is is my God. And he'll answer back, and you are my people. Every morning you ought to get up and say, the Lord is my God. Andy Andrews said, we're all either in a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or headed for a crisis. It's just part of our being on this planet. 
Amen. Can I tell you something? I got military people in this house. Do you know if a man ever gets captured in the military and he's put in prison, no matter how long he's put there, when he comes out, he has not lost his rank. He's still the same rank. If he goes in a captain, he comes out a captain. It don't matter how long that hell has tried to put you in prison. When you come out of that prison, God said, I still love you the way I loved you when you went in that situation. Can I tell you, folks? Oh, hallelujah. Can I tell you that? Can I tell you that? Isn't it an awesome thing to know that God doesn't diminish us and put us under because we go through some things that we don't understand? But listen to me. If you're persistent, you have a God consciousness and you never, ever quit. You just don't quit. One more point and I'll let you go. One more point. One more point. Mm. Finally, persistent people are not excuse makers. They don't make excuses. I read, I read about a man one time. He said, excuse is the thin skin of fear stretched across a bald-faced lie. <laughs> wow, that's pretty good. I wish I'd have wrote that. It's kind of like those Indians that were sending those smoke signals out there in New Mexico several years ago when they was testing the bombs out there. And one of those bombs detonated out there. That old Indian on the other side of that, that mountain said, wow, I wish I'd have said that. <laughs> You'll get it after a while. He thought it was a smoke signal. <laughs> it's a bomb detonate. <laughs> the great conductor, Arturo Toscanini, had offered one prayer in youth that it might, he might have more perfect eyes, for he was very nearsighted. And he could not foresee at the age of 19 that a remarkable event would occur that would change his life forever, thanks to his imperfect eyes. He was playing the cello in the orchestra. And just before an important performance, the conductor was suddenly stricken quite ill. What would they do for someone to lead the orchestra that night? And fortunately, they discovered that one member of the orchestra had memorized the entire score. It was young Toscanini. Because his eyes and his vision was so poor, he could not read music on a stand, so he had trained himself to play it by heart. Who could say that Toscanini with perfect vision would have had been better off? In the later years of his life, an imaginative writer, John Milton, lost his position in his sight as well. His body was tortured with illness, and many of his friends forsook him. There were many nights and days that he cried aloud to God for mercy. However, it was during this time that he produced the immortal classic, Paradise Lost, which is the must-reading for students of the English language for over the last 300 years. An equally influential writer, John Bunyan, would have prayed for deliverance from prison. But it was during that confinement that he produced Pilgrim's Progress, a work that has inspired millions to this day. Again, we would caution that it's not God's intention that we all, any of his people should suffer. Still, the purpose of this world is to create souls who can glorify God and enjoy him forever. And sometimes adversity enhances the process. But we are not here to make excuses about our problems. We're here to worship him through our problems. One of the greatest trips I ever made in my life was to the Philippines in 1984. And I'm closing, Brother Randy, if you'll come. One of the greatest trips I ever made in my life was to the Philippines in 1984. I, I realized that those people had nothing. In fact, they, we were told not even to give them 2 or $3 to let them go buy something because it would ruin them. It broke my heart because I'm a giver. And I wanted to bless everybody I saw. 
And I, I, I saw a humility in those people that just absolutely mesmerized me. And really, when I came back home, I didn't want to stay in America because I went to preach at churches that didn't, didn't reverence God. I'm so glad that this church reverences God's spirit. Thank you, folks. That blesses me so much that you reverence the presence of God in this house. This is an important night. It's an important time every time we come together in God's house. But I was moved by those people. I was moved by those people. The simplest faith and the most simple things moved those people. And yet they had nothing. They had nothing. But they didn't let it be an excuse for them to stop praising God. They had nothing and they magnified him. They had nothing and they praised him. They came to church barefooted and they praised him. And then a little later, I, Patty and I went to Brazil, and it was even worse there. We went to do a, a, a campaign in Brazil, went to do a crusade in Brazil, and we preached a few times in Brazil. And I saw people drive 75, 80 miles on a school bus to come to that, to come to that convention. And there were people everywhere. And, and, and I was moved because when they took an offering, they would take off watches, and they'd take off little old rings, and they'd come put them. They had no money. They had no money. But nothing was an excuse. They didn't use an excuse of why they couldn't worship. They worshiped in their poverty. They worshiped in their pitifulness. They worshiped when they had nothing. Physically, it looked like nothing to worship God over. But it's not what a man possesses. It's the God that he serves. Folks, we're a blessed people. And so many times we can make excuses and lose our persistence. Well, you know, if I had that or if I had that. No, 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 no. Don't make excuses. You need to be able to stand on the pew where you are. Just stand up on the pew. Not now, but just stand up in a little while and worship God because he is God. Not because you have a car. Not because you have a good job. Not because you have a nice home. Not because you have a great family. But because he's God. He's just God. That's what makes life good is the fact that you have a God and he has you and you have him. And there's nothing greater than you having him and him having you. Nothing greater. Nothing greater. Nothing greater. I walked into the dormitory in the Philippines and a little man there was sick. He had a raging fever. I put my hand on his head and I, it was like a stove. He said, I am so sick. I'm so sick, Brother Rex. I'm so sick. But God said, you were going to come in that door and you was going to pray for me and I was going to be healed. But what do you do? You pray. And the moment I touched him, according to his faith, so shall it be unto him. He rose up in that bed that had one little sheet on it. It was plywood and a sheet. He started praising God. I put my hand back on his head and the fever was already abated. It was gone. He came down off the bed. He hugged me. He said, I feel like eating now. He hadn't eaten in four or five days. He said, I feel like eating now. I feel well now. God has healed me. Let me tell you something, folks. The God that we serve can do so much if we don't make excuses 
about ourselves. If we don't say, you know, if only, if only, if only. You can't live if only. You got to praise him for who he is in your life. You got to praise him. You may never get to where other people are in this life. But this life really is not the one that matters. It's the life coming that really matters. Hallelujah. Why don't we make the best of this life? Come on, let's make the best of this life. Let's make the best of this life. I want you to never lose hope. I got, I got a couple of acronyms for you tonight I want to share with you before we go home. Never give up efforts when you fail because fail, F-A-I-L, simply means first attempt in learning. That's an acronym. And never lose hope because hope means hold on. Pain's going to end. Just hold on. I like it. In fact, when I wrote it down, I just went shouting. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Pain's going to end. There's an old Indian proverb that says, call on God but row away from the rocks. In other words, get your mind right. Walk in the proper direction and call on God. Don't just intentionally run into stuff because persistent people, persistent people are winners. They will win. You will win if you are persistent. You will win. It is said that giraffes, when they birth, little giraffes, when mama give birth to those giraffes, and you can see them, the zookeepers allow it to happen even in the zoo. When that baby is born, that mother starts kicking that baby immediately, kicking it, kicking it. And that baby stands up because, and his legs are wobbly. She's got to get that baby up the first day. And when that baby stands, she'll kick it again or knock it over and make it fall and then kick it again to get it back up. And you want to say, stop the madness. Stop the inhumane treatment of that little baby. And the zookeeper said, no, that's just how it is. That's how it is in that world. Because that giraffe knows if that baby don't get up the first day, the lion will be having dinner that night. And there's a roaring lion wanting to have some lunch with some people in this house. That's why a pastor's got to kick every now and then and say, you got to get up. 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 Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Lord, I could, I just feel like just open my mouth and just say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you clap your hands all over the house one big time tonight? Hold on. Persistent people win. They just win. They win, they win, they win, they win, they win. They win. We're going to take communion tonight. I've held you a little bit long. I'm sorry, kids. God will give you extra space. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. 
Thank you for listening.